Super Talk Mississippi media production. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to a rainy afternoon here in South Mississippi. Southern Mancor Studio here in Hattiesburg. That's where Kelly and I, along with Caleb Hamill, are in the Southern Mancor Studio here in Hattiesburg for another edition of the Eagle Hour. We're glad you're with us. Be weather aware around the state this afternoon as we are expecting a round of pretty severe weather to come through Central and South Mississippi. And uh, we want you to stay close to your radio and uh, just make sure that you take whatever precautions you need to keep yourself safe. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation going to join us here in just a moment. Uh, first, we want to thank our good friends at uh, Dickey's Barbecue for sponsoring the Eagle Hour. Great supporters of our program and Southern Miss Athletics and a great place for you to have dinner seven days a week with your family and, of course, a great place to cater your next event. Not only is Caleb uh, with us, but uh, Kelly, one of your favorite people, Hump the super camel is here, and uh, the reason that I uh, the reason that I bring up Hump, who is a uh, Hump, uh, there he is. Just make sure that <laughs> he's, he's right, right outside he's right here. Out the door is up. And, and no offense, but you can kind of smell Hump. Uh, I know he may not like that now. <laughs> well, uh, you know, like I said, no offense, but uh, I know you two have the connection with Kelnor, and uh, you you two are responsible for Ke- Kel- Kelnak. You mean? Kelnak, Kelnor, what the hell? It doesn't matter, <laughs> Kelnak. Uh, you two had a lot to do with him coming here. Can can we expect another visit from the east anytime soon, gentlemen? Well, it's all isn't it, Caleb? How how all the the moons and stars kind of align with that? Kelnak makes the travel from the far east. Yeah, we we never know when he'll appear. He just he just comes, and like the answers come to him where he He's divines the answers. Yes, do you but, think Hump might know? Well, Hump is you have to ask him. I don't. I think that's a no. I think that's a, he doesn't know when the master will be back. I think in the next couple of weeks we'll be hearing from you. From think Caleb Kelnack? I probably saw. Her. I mean, it's either Kelnack or Kevlar or you know what other name you want to give him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded like a, a mother from a, what is it? Bewitched. Glad that uh. the uh, that the that the segment made such an impact on you, Bob. That you I mean, Bob it's, was ascertaining the answers yes, at one point. Yes, he was. It's he was. burned in my brain, as you can tell. Kelnack. Kelnack, the magnificent. Correct. And the question is, <laughs> when he'll be back? That's that's okay. the question. All right, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. Now, Heath, have you met Hump? I don't guess you've been over here to meet Hump, have you? I don't think I met Hump. I'm looking forward to the occasion, though. I have to say. Well, Hump here is a Heath Hinton. Heath Hinton, Hump. There we go. So, <laughs> just sure that. Thanks for the shout out, guys. <laughs> the shout out from Hump. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of uh, out, another Southern Miss basketball player is out. Can you uh, fill us in, Heath? Yeah, Waylon Napper has decided to enter the portal. Waylon uh, played uh, a big role for Southern Miss towards the end of the season, got him that uh, second conference victory over UTSA in the tournament, a lot of his uh, driving and shooting ability. And, uh, you know, he just decided that uh, he was ready to leave Southern Miss and, 
that's five now and you know right then that's pretty much 70 with the five that's gone that's 75 percent of the production that could have been coming back so uh we'll see what happens supposedly there may be a couple of more here in the immediate future we'll wait and see but uh man it's a it's going to be a total rebuild of the basketball program let me, let me tell you this. I, I had a, a good, a long conversation uh, with Coach uh, McCormick from Florida Atlantic Friday afternoon, and he, he was talking to me about the changing face of college athletics and the massive, the massive uh, financial disparity between the Power Five and, and the other group of five, or the group of five, and the transfer portal. And he was of the opinion that unless the Power Five breaks away pretty soon and does its own thing, that you're going to start really to begin to see the destruction of some mid-major programs. I got two. We're going to get you, Keith. Let's go to Kelly. And, uh, Caleb, your your thoughts, guys. Do you agree with me that uh, between the transfer portal and, and the, the money now that's taking place that we're – beginning to see the the end of amateur athletics as we know it yes and furthermore uh, when it when it comes to college athletics and i think in that discussion with coach mccormick it was also really uh, interesting that he pointed out that volunteer coaches some yeah. some volunteer coaches at sec schools now the volunteer means you don't get paid right right or that you're not on salary but volunteer coaches are making hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year when salaried assistant coaches for some Conference right. USA teams don't make near well, that amount of money. consultants. Oh, consultants, consultants. yeah. Okay, well, whatever, yes. you, want, whatever yes. you want to call it. They must be putting on some really good camps. That's all I've got to yeah, say. Yeah, really, really good camps. Because supposedly that's where the volunteer coaches are, are getting their money, you know, supposedly. But, but, but the, Kelly, that's happening in college football because we've seen Buster Faulkner, who was the offensive coordinator at Southern Miss, Leave to go to Georgia to be an analyst and make more money being an analyst than just right. offensive coordinator. Same so, principle you know, in, in so baseball is what they're sports. doing. That's what they're doing. About yeah, it. yeah, but but college, you know, in particular. But to Bob's point about the Power Five and and the Group of Five. But you know, you were talking. We're talking about the number of players from Southern Miss now that are in the transfer portal and the percentage of production that is now on the market, so to speak. But remember, this is a, a UAB team this past year had nine. Had nine guys that they picked up from the transfer portal. I don't think that I don't think that Southern Miss's situation is unique. I think it's under the microscope more because it was just not a very good season. You got the Iowa State Cyclones are being noted too. Iowa State, my alma mater, they're in the Sweet Sixteen. They won two games last year. Did they get a lot of kids? T.J. T.J. Otzelberger. They brought him in from UNLV. He had some of his kids from UNLV come over. They got a transfer from the University of Minnesota. So I'm, I I just think that this is the future now. Right or wrong, this is the future. What do you think, Kyle? Is I, I it think good or bad? I'm indifferent about it, and I think the reason that we're so hot on it right now is because you see not only the transfer portal being so active here in this time, but also NIL happened at the same time. You're seeing an enormously big change happen in all of college athletics all at once. And so if you would have spread them out to say, okay, we have the transfer portal five or so years down the line, we add NIL to it, you probably transition a little bit smoother and you're a little more used to it. Now, a lot of these transfer portal appearances are their first time through, they get that free year, and then it's, okay, you're going to lose your ability to play the next year that you want to. So I think a lot of this is the newness of it. I think it'll wear down and wear out to where 
it becomes the new normal. The one thing that I think is tough on us as fans watching the sport is that there's no consistency and longevity of players. You know, we talk about NFL people that have been in you know, the same organizations for almost a decade, and we're used to them. We can have conversations about them. It's easy to talk about the sport and the people involved when there's been consistency. Now it's a different team every year. Yeah, it's difficult to emotionally attach yourself to a player when there's a really good chance they're not even going to be around next right, year. Right, Heath, we have free agency basically in, in college athletics, do we not? Yeah, and you mentioned Coach McCormick, one of my favorite coaches of all time. Just a great guy, if you ever get a chance to talk to him. Absolutely wonderful. And he's right. But also, you've got to remember, schools like Group of Five schools, what have made them good football teams in the past is when they were able to get those two- and three-star recruits and develop them over time. And and that's what causes players to become really good later on. That's what Southern Miss did with the Jeff Bauer years. You can't do that anymore with the transfer portal. There is none of that anymore because, uh, just to be honest, there's no JUCOs. Uh, the transfer portal's taking the place of JUCOs. JUCOs are going to be a thing no more when the Power Five can go to the Group of Five and get their best players and bring them up. It's uh, it's a situation that you got to adjust to, but when you look at adjusting, the only adjustments that can be made are for the Power Fives, and that's because it gives them power still. Mm-hmm. And as long as this structure's in place, it's going to hurt schools like Southern Miss, and uh, it's going to benefit the schools of the Power Five where the resources are. Heath, with the players that are in the transfer portal now with Southern Miss, you know, Tyler Stevenson entered it last year, wound up coming back to Southern Miss. What are you hearing about the prospects of any of these guys that are currently in the portal wearing black and gold next year at Southern Miss? Uh, It's going to be tough. I mean, we've seen some – Tweets uh, a player two uh, maybe tweeting about some situations they didn't like. I don't know if any of those are going to come back. They may, but uh, I would be hard pressed to see him coming back and uh, playing at Southern Miss. You know, it's a situation where if you got a total team rebuild, guys, Isaiah Moore is going to be a Boy Scout compared to what you might have to bring in to complete a team, and that's where you're going to get into issues now and. You know, Coach Ladner, he's got to win now. He can't, you know, start another development process. He's going to have to come get guys that come in and compete immediately and play. And it's going to be harder and harder to find, uh, you know, find guys without any baggage to do that. Right. And that's where the issue is going to come up for Southern Miss. Well, we're talking to Heath Hinton, uh, owner and proprietor of Big Gold Nation. We're going to continue our conversation with Heath on the other side of the break. Baseball canceled tonight, scheduled for 4 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk to Heath about You know, we talked about this killer road series throughout March, the Golden Eagles, 13 really enormously tough games. They finished with a pretty good record, so we're going to check them on that one. We'll come back as well. Hang on. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back. Southern Bank Corps Studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Glad you're with us. We've got Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation uh, on the telephone with us. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Great place to buy Southern Miss apparel for your home, for your car, for your body. 
You can shop them seven days a week online at campusbookmark.net. You can shop them uh, six days a week, Monday through Saturday, on Hardy Street across from the Southern Miss campus. Well, the month of March, uh, uh, so far for the Golden Eagles, has been a very interesting time. We talked about this schedule uh, at the start of the year when uh, during the month of March, Southern Miss was going to play Mississippi State, Tulane, Alabama, South Alabama, three games against uh, Dallas Baptist on the road and three games on the road against Louisiana Lafayette and three games at home against Florida Atlantic. We, we just talked about what a killer schedule it would be. And, uh, and so far, Heath, uh, well, I guess effectively it's over now. The Golden Eagles come out 8-5 and five in that stretch. Would you have taken that uh, at the start of the year when you looked at that schedule if, uh, if that's what you were told the Golden Eagles could have had? How do you find that? Do you find that a, a really good run for them, a little disappointing, or maybe even more than what you might have expected? With the way the bats have been struggling at times, I, I think I look at it and you you kind of have to go. That's not too bad considering what's all going on. I mean, you got Dallas Baptist, yes, you got swept, but if you looked at their RPI lately, yeah, I think it's last the best I in the had, country. It was number one. Yeah, um, they're a really good baseball team. That's uh, a tough place to play. Otherwise, Southern Miss has played really well this season. Um, getting some big midweek wins that they haven't got in the past. So I think you have to look at the season right now, and you have to be uh, pretty optimistic, especially, you know, getting into conference play. Um, it's I would take 8-5 and five at the beginning of the season if you had asked me about that. You said, Heath, you see all the road games. You see the high RPI teams are playing. Right. Who they're playing, would you take 8-5? and five? I said, absolutely. So I think you have to uh, be happy. Sure, you'd like to get maybe one, two at Dallas Baptist, but uh, – you got back on the winning track and, and won what three or four. So, I mean, right. it's uh, you got you did what you had to do to get back on the right track. Well, throughout that stretch, Kelly Sander, the only disappointment had to be the weekend at Dallas Baptist. You got to be happy with the midweeks. You got to be happy with uh, winning the series at Lafayette and obviously over FAU. And I would venture to say that you have to use the word disappointing loosely because again, you you weren't playing North Alabama. No. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you, were no, playing, you were playing nothing but good teams. Yeah, Dallas Baptist. And if, if indeed this is the toughest part of the schedule and smoother seas are ahead, the hitting is going to come around. As temperatures go up, so will the batting averages. It, and we base that on history. I think Southern Miss is sitting pretty good, really good right now. Heath Tanner Hall's moved to Friday nights. Who now? I think there are two more weeknight games, UNO tomorrow afternoon, and then I believe it's Ole Miss next week. Who are the. Who, who will be the week night starter, you think? I, I mean, you've got uh, – you could probably put Best in there. Uh, of course, Etheridge pitched uh, the other night, but you could start Etheridge. Um, he's got many options. Stewart, he's got a lot of options, guys, he can throw out there for those midweek and put really good – Boyd, put some uh, quality arms on the mound. So I think the – you know, I don't think the pitching is going to be an issue right now. I just think with what – Tanner Hall did in those midweek starts. I think you saw it on Saturday. When Tanner Hall's pitches are up, he's very hittable. But when his pitches are down, that two-seamer's running, that changeup is running down, he's tough to hit. And he showed it after those first two innings. Um, I, I think the weekend rotation with him in it is just has gotten better. Um, 
you know, midweek, though, the sky, they've got so many arms out there they could throw, and they've got so many guys that they could really Johnny Holstaff those two, uh, two, three midweek games left. So I, I think they're fine there. I think they're fine depth-wise. Uh, I think they got plenty of arms. I think I was wrong. I think they have more than two midweek games left because they play, I know, Southeast Louisiana, Ole Miss, UNO. How many more weeknight games, weekday games are left, Heath? You know, off the top of your head. There's another one with South oh, Allen there somewhere. Another South Allen. I think they got six. Yeah, so there's a number. That's right. They go to South Alabama. They owe them a game. That's always fun down there. And, uh, yeah, so a lot of good baseball left. And you've got FAU behind you already, which if you had to rank, you know, going into the season. In the you, league, probably the best team. Yeah, other than other than Old Dominion. You know, so, so yeah, but, you know. But other than that, if you've got FAU the toughest. You can swing the bat. FSU could hit. Man, oh, that could really hit. There's no doubt about that. That was the best-looking hitting team we've played, I think, Heath. I do, too. I really do. Uh, man, if they just had some uh, starting pitching to go with that hitting, uh, that would be a dangerous conference USA team, I think, starting pitching. And, and, you know, they got a good run with the bullpen guy, but they don't have much depth out there. I think that's going to get them. But I think Southern Miss, with the hardest schedule they play going into conference, I think the worst is behind. I think the conference play is actually going to be a little less. And we, except when you get to La Tech and uh, you know Old Dominion, maybe Rice, uh, Old Dominion. Those games are going to be tough. But I think that conference play may not be as tough on them as they played early in the season so far. I agree, and I think that that the pitching staff in the modern era, depth wise and health wise is as strong as it has ever been right now, in my opinion. Um, you've got few injuries, if at all, any of them. You've got, you know, north or south of 20 guys that can that can sling it, are all formidable, and that's where every good team starts, is on the mound. I just, I just think that, I just think that Southern Miss is, it, like I said, in the past probably 10 years, I think they're sitting... Really good. Two right players now. I want to ask you about Heath that I'm really impressed with. I think Reese Ewing's off to a great start, hitting 314, five home runs. And I think probably the most – I think that the quietest player on the team, the guy that is the easiest to overlook, but is always there is Will McGillis with uh, 17 RBIs. Yeah. What do you think about that, Heath? I think Will has kind of picked it up a little bit here lately with uh, getting big hits. There was times early in the season he was rolling over double plays. He seems to have been uh, gotten away from that and getting some big RBIs. Uh, Ewing has just changed who he was before the season started. He looks like a different player than last year. He slimmed up, lost weight. You even watch him play in left field. His defense has been uh, phenomenal uh, as compared to what he was in right field last year. I don't know if he's more comfortable out there. But I think he has been a solid. I, I tell you, another guy that shouldn't overlook is Dustin Dickerson. Yeah, I think what he's well. done with the bat coming on and uh, defensive plays he made at shortstop. There was one, I think it was uh, Tulane, where he rolled over and threw it off his hind his hind end and threw a strike and threw the guy out. I mean, it was. Uh, I think he's played extremely well too. I think we don't need to overlook him. Uh, here's a thought, guys. Uh, Blake Wehunt will actually be the starter tomorrow night, uh, tomorrow afternoon, right. sophomore right-hander. And and if you think UNO <laughs> might be a, might be a break, they're they're twelve and six, and they just won two out of three against Oklahoma. Yeah, 
it's a it's a good team, and I think it's a good chance for Wee Hunt to get out there. Uh, Hank got most time. But, uh, they've always kind of liked his stuff off the mound. They uh, threw him out there last year in the regional and tough situation at Oxford. Uh, I'd like to see see what he does off the mound starting because I think they've always thought that he could be a starter for them, and he's got good stuff. It's just a control issue. So really looking forward to seeing him pitch tomorrow and seeing what he does. Uh, it's kind of interesting that they're going to throw him. Yeah. Caleb, nobody can say Southern Miss has backed off the competition this year. No, not at all. And with all these different pitching changes you've had to make in a weekend, you're figuring it out. And so far, I've been very, very impressed with Southern Miss already looking like an NCAA tournament team that could probably at least make it to the final game of a regional. And I know that this is really early to say that. But I think they're right back in the thick of things about where they were last year and had the chance to break that threshold and make it onto the supers, maybe beyond. I don't know. And I hunt, uh, excuse me, we hunt has really improved because his last name used to be I hunt, and now it's we hunt. <laughs> so that just shows you he's, you know, making progress. He's really grown there. Yeah. And by the way, yeah, it, it's interesting thinking around. about pitching for uh, a UNO game because you play this team again later on in the season in late April in a two midweek game set at Tulane and then back home against UNO. So it'll be wow. interesting to see how the pitching matchups uh, play out when you have. Five games in a week. Well, I think I think. Y'all ever noticed that Southern Miss, right quick, that Southern Miss is actually when they change the bats, when the bats came BB cores, and even after thirteen fourteen, they deaden the bats a little bit. You notice how Southern Miss made that change to where they kind of went after pitching a little more heavy. Seems to have worked out and then been a pretty good move for them. Well, uh, I, right now I've always contended that's what separates the final eight than all the teams that make the regionals is the depth of their pitching staffs. And I, Kelly, I think you probably agree with that. And 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 staying healthy, you know, healthy and pitching depth. That's exactly right. And right now, Southern Miss has got both of those boxes checked. So regardless of what the schedule looks like, they're going to be able to compete. And that's all you ever really want as a fan is to know that your team can go out there and compete. You want to stick around a while longer, Heath? Sure, sure. All right, Heath Hinton, we'll keep him around. We'll keep Caleb in the studio. We'll have to put him on payroll. Yeah, well, he is on the payroll. Or You are on the payroll, aren't you, Heath? Uh, no, that's Kelly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Kelly that's big time on the payroll. Exorbitant salary. Yes, we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're in the Southern Bancorp studio here in Hattiesburg. Just another reminder to be weather aware all afternoon and into the evening here in South Mississippi. We're expecting the potential for some pretty heavy weather. Weather? <laughs> weather? Weather to come through, and uh, just want you to be aware of that, and we want you to stay safe. 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. It is a great place to have lunch five days a week. It is a great place, Kelly Santer, to watch the Golden Eagles and drink a cold beer after lunch. Just one? Or two. Yeah, I mean, what, or they, two. They, they'll have plenty. 
They've got, they're not going to run out. No, they won't. And if you like to, it's one of the few places in town where you can get together with the guys. And some girl, some of the girls are pretty good at shooting pool too. Yeah, down there. So it'd be a great place to take Caleb and, and show him memorabilia of really the most historic football program in the in the state. That would be Southern Miss. That Caleb. would be Southern Miss, Caleb. Really? Yes. In case you the didn't, most historic. In case oh, wow. you didn't realize that. Yes. Okay. I'm learning something today. Yeah. Well, that's why we that's why we've allowed you in the studio. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about Conference USA Baseball. Heath Hinton stays with us, Big Gold Nation. Let's go down the standings, Heath, and uh, let's talk about the top five teams standing-wise right now. Old Dominion, 16-2, and 2-1 and one in the league. UAB, 13-5, and 2-1 and one in the league. Louisiana Tech, 14-6, and 2-1. and one. Charlotte, 13-6, and 2-1. Uh, Southern Miss thirteen and seven two and one. Those are those are five pretty good baseball teams right there. Not bad at all. Uh, the conference itself as a whole has been, I mean, it's been pretty good. So, but it's also kind of misnomer because some teams haven't played that great of a schedule. Some have. Um, right now, Conference USA when it comes to RPI is, I believe, fifth. Um, in the nation when it comes to RPI. So it's a mixed bag. You've got some really good squads, Charlotte 34, Old Dominion 13, FAE's 58, Tex 29, Southern Miss uh, sitting right now at 22. But after that, it's pretty much the hundreds and less. So it's really a top-heavy right. baseball league. Right. I'm going to uh, pull so UAB out of that top five, and I'm going to plug in Florida Atlantic. They're a little further down in the standings because I, th- I guess there's – Stacking them up here based on conference records, but, right? But Florida Atlantic is fourteen and seven. If I were going to be a betting man, and Florida Atlantic were playing UAB, I'd probably think Florida Atlantic a little stronger. And there. and for the record, Western Kentucky goes into that series uh, this weekend with Southern Miss. They're currently nine and ten, right? Uh, overall, they are seven and six at home, so they don't necessarily defend the home turf very well. And they were swept by Central Michigan's. Chippewas. The hey, Chippewas. Now, the Chippewas are a big-time baseball school. But, Don't take that away from them. Now, I'm, they really I'm, are. And, and a very energetic and fun program to watch, if you've ever seen a game of that. Anytime I get to mention Chippewas. What is a Chippewa? That is a, that is a tribe of Indians. Well, I'm pretty offended by that. I just, I just want you to know that. Right I knew now. you were going to. I yeah, knew I'm you were going to say that. By that, and I how, just, they changed their name to the Commodores. How, how they've been able to to get away with that? I, I don't know. I don't but. know. I don't know. Well, here's the saddest thing, uh, Heath Hinton. When I look at the baseball standings, I, the Rice Owls six and fifteen, one and two. Really, you know, a great program through the years. Former national championship program. Legendary coach. I, I'm guessing Coach Wayne looks pretty daggum good right now over in Houston. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. When uh, Coach Graham left, it just went downhill. I mean, they went out and got a pretty good coach. I believe it's Tennessee Tech come in. Right. Just that did much. Work. They got a there now. It's it, it. You don't believe how much a good coach having a good coach or having a coach in waiting is so. Important. I mean, you look at Scott Berry taking over for Corky Palmer and what he's been able to do taking over Coach Palmer. And, uh, you know, it's having a good having a good coaching tree is so very important in baseball. And right. Rice is showing evidence of that right now. Right. So Rice, again, six at 15, Kelly Sander. Did you ever think you'd see that? No, but I'm not crying about it. No, I, I mean, mean, I'm not either. But uh, 
But, you know, for years, that was that was the rival, man. You had to beat Rice to win the league. And that was the litmus test. That was the litmus when test. When Rice would come to town, those were the biggest crowds. But now Old Dominion, you know, has uh, has reared its ugly head playing yeah. pretty good baseball. And UAB, I know that they their schedule hasn't been that great, but nobody expected UAB to win this many games as they've won already. Correct. They've traditionally been at the bottom, so that's a team that you might want to watch that might play uh, spoiler as the year yep. goes on. Heath, how good is this Old Dominion team, 16-2? and two? Extremely good. Uh, you got an RPI of 13. I mean, you're talking I, – I just think they're, I think they're extremely good uh, in the past. I, they're a team that's on the rise. You look at what they did last year. I'm looking at last year's RPIs. Uh, it's just impressive and – they hit the ball extremely well. They pitch the ball extremely well. They're in a situation up there in Virginia where there's good baseball talent around them, and they're really starting to get in those entrails of recruiting. They're going to be a they're going to be a problem for a long time. And just think of that: them and Southern Miss are headed to the Sun Belt. And the Sun Belt, the way it is, that baseball conference is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, when we talk to the play-by-play guy for. Uh... Lafayette, that Kelly, I'm sure you remember, he said they were really excited about ODU and Southern Miss coming into their baseball league. I think the term he used was drooling. Yeah, he said there was there was a lot of anticipation about that. Instant credibility. Right. You know, when you have those teams. You were, we were talking about, Heath mentioned the term coach in waiting. And I know that Scott Berry has his years in with the state and, and could retire at any time. But when that time comes, when that time down the road comes, is is there an heir apparent at Southern Miss? You'd sit there and think, well, Ostrander on staff would be the obvious one probably right now, with, especially with what he's done with the pitching staff. But but will Southern Miss be able to keep him? You, you would think that a big school would come along and snatch him up. It's just, yeah. it's just the reality. You've got Kaye at South Carolina. Would he come back for – for probably a pay cut as to what he's making in at South Carolina, and then at Louisiana Monroe, um, and I, I never remember his name, but he was an assistant at Southern Miss a couple years ago. Um, so he he's out there. So there's a bunch of different guys that Lane mm-hmm. Burroughs at La Tech, yeah, who was an assistant here. So yeah, here's a, here's an interesting thing about the league too, Heath. Uh, nobody swept this weekend. Everybody lost a game. I mean, obviously, FIU, Southern Miss, Charlotte, Tech, UAB, Old Dominion, they won their series, but they were unable to sweep their competitor uh, in the opening weekend. Yeah, it just tells you how, you know, maybe the conference is a little deeper than people think it is. Uh, it's, it's so hard early in the season because of teams – just finding their foot in conference. But I also think it also hurts when teams don't sweep when they're losing games to teams with RPIs that are pretty bad. And that and, and we can look at polls and, and talk about all that all we want to, and it's great to be ranked. But when it comes down to the end of the season, the most important thing out there is the RPI. That's who determines who hosts, who goes. And when you lose in these games to teams with low RPIs, thank goodness FAU wasn't that bad in the RPI, but it kind of was. Uh, it just hurts. It brings your RPI down, and that's what's tough when you're playing in a conference like Conference USA. Now, Caleb, you're a smart guy, so maybe you can explain to me, old radio guy, so consequently not very smart, how in the world do you figure an RPI? (laughs) Who really knows what that means? 
very carefully. <laughs> very carefully. Now, I, I have no yeah. idea what all goes into it. Obviously, strength of schedule, but then you say, okay, well, where did you get the, the strength of the opponents you played? Oh, well, RPI. Well, it's a it's a cycle at this point. It just right. compounds on itself. That's a good point, Kelly Santa. And Mike, Mike Federico, by the way, is the name – we were trying to come yeah, up with the Yeah, he called coach. and said he'll be meeting you yeah. when you leave the building <laughs> coach, Well, they just called him Coach Fed, you know. Coach so, Fed, yeah. And yeah. Like Larry He's done Fedora. a heck of a job there, brother. He has. And, and they've, they've redone their facility over there at, at, for the Warhawks. They've, uh, they've completely – and they used to be the Indians, remember? Yeah. When they were the yeah. Northeastern Louisiana Indians. Right. But they're, they're the Warhawks now. But Federico would be another one, I think, whose name would be in the discussion. So I think just for the sake of argument, Scott Berry needs to stay a long time. Correct. And there's no indication, and we want to emphasize that. Yeah. You can verify that, Heath. There's no, no. indication Coach no. Berry's thinking about retiring. No. Nor, nor should no. he. No. Nor should he. Coach Berry's happy as he can be. He gets to coach baseball, and he's in prime hunting and fishing. Yeah, and he uh, could be the mayor of Hattiesburg if he wanted coach to be. Really yeah. yeah, Coach Berry wants to coach baseball, work with the kids, and go hunting and fishing. Yeah. yeah, And he's in a perfect area to do that. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. No, nor do we want him to, Kelly Center. Nor is no. Joy Lee McNellis. No, despite <laughs> the words out of my no. mouth. Yeah, despite what all the internet experts had to say, Joy Lee was the only one unaware she was retired. She got such a kick out of that. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Now the only people that would have a say in it other than me is Jeremy McLean and uh, yeah, Doctor Bennett." Joy Lee's you know? not going anywhere. <laughs> no. All right, Heath, we appreciate you, buddy. Uh, thanks for spending the extra time with us today. Thanks, guys. Have a blessed day. Hey, real Be quick, out there. how do you join Big Gold Nation? Oh, sure. Uh, you can go to southernmiss.rivals.com, click the subscribe. You can get a year uh, for eight ninety nine a month, or it's, nine, or it's uh, $9.99 a month. Uh, if you want to pay separate month, but come join us, get the good information. We even talk about scoreboards. It's going up at the peak right now. So uh, a lot of good information going on. All right, Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation. We'll be back. Wrap up uh, today's edition of the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. We've got uh, a good guest uh, Thursday, Kelly. Tell our listeners about that. Mark Carson, former pitcher for the Southern Miss Golden Eagles when Hill Denson was the coach there. He is now the head baseball coach at Northwest Community College in Senatobia. His Rangers came down to Pearl River and beat the number one team in the in the uh, country, Pearl River, a couple weeks ago. So Mark Carson will be our guest on Thursday as part of our coverage on the Eagle Hour. And next week, we're, we've, we've, got, we've got confirmation that next week, Bob, some, at some point, the return of the visitor from the East and Hump the Wonder Camel. <laughs> He will be here as yeah. well. Mason Strickland's going to be on the show Friday. Uh, no one will ever forget his appearance in the uh, Conference USA tournament a couple of years back. We'll be broadcasting part of the show Friday from Wally Forestry over in Ellisville, and we're going to be talking about 
Jones College. Mason played at both Jones College and then came on and, uh, you know, maybe had one of the most iconic appearances ever, Kelly, as a pitcher at Southern Miss down there in Biloxi that year. So, some great junior college baseball in the state of Mississippi that's, that I think sometimes gets to overlook. You talked about Reese Ewing. He's a junior college product. From Pearl River. Yes. Yeah. Out so, of Mobile. Yeah, right in Jones and Pearl River, right close to well, the Southern Also Miss working uh, to get the uh, Western Kentucky coach uh, who's been on the show before. We anticipate having him on the show uh, later this week as well. This segment is sponsored by D1 and D-Bat, a great place to uh, train for your favorite sport. If you're an adult, they've got a training program to fit whatever sport you participate in and help you accomplish whatever goals you're trying to reach. And if you've got a kid that plays baseball or softball, well, then there's really no other place to go for expert training, state-of-the-art facility, D1, D-Bat, and uh, we're really happy to have them part of the Eagle Hour family. All right, Kelly, some changes in basketball coaching around the league. Yeah, as the season is coming to an end, the Sweet 16 in the NCAA, the, the CBI and the NIT are working, whittling their teams down. But there are some coaches on the move. Eric Conkle, the seven-year coach at Louisiana Tech, has resigned. He is accepting the head basketball coaching position with the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, which I find is really interesting because I consider that a lateral move. I mean, Correct. there might I would, be I would say so, yeah. some people might think that that's a step up, but that uh, I would consider it a lateral move. But again, after seven years, Eric Conkle headed to Tulsa. Louisiana Tech has an opening. Mac McCausland is out. Uh, Mac McCausland is at North Texas now, and it's rumored that he may be headed to SMU because the Mustangs have parted ways with head coach Tim Jankovic. So SMU now in the market for a basketball coach in McCausland right there in Denton, very close by. North Texas was an NCAA tournament team last year. Probably should have made the field this year, but they lost the game they shouldn't have lost, the semifinal game of the conference tournament. So um, McCausland might be on the move at North Texas. Of course, these are conference UA. USA teams won't be very long that we're not talking much about conference USA teams anymore as Southern Miss continues its transition to to the Sun Belt and and as these coaching changes are made and I think as as schools go to look for coaches now the number one trait they're going to be looking for is can you recruit because as we've talked about on this with the transfer portal you're going to have to re-recruit your players every, every year, single the year. The era of bringing in, and I remember how people used to just love to talk about recruiting classes. Oh, it was a great recruiting class. It was the number one recruit. It means nothing anymore in any sport because anybody in that class that doesn't find themselves happy can go play somewhere else the next year. So that that concept of, of collegiate athletics team concept, I believe, is all but gone. And high school players – are the ones who are really going to get left out in the cold because you get recruited, you go as a freshman, you know, you don't get to play. Um, so they, they might head, the, head to the transfer portal and coaches don't even want to have to deal with that anymore, knowing that if you develop a high school player, he's not going to stay anyway, you know, most likely. I don't like it. You know what schools are benefiting a lot from the transfer portal, I think? NAIA schools. Places like William Carey that are getting guys that just have found no home through the transfer portal, feel orphaned, and they say, you know what, come here, stay for a year, develop your stuff, be the top guy on our team, and then maybe go off somewhere else. Yeah, it, it, It's, it's going to turn into a secondary JUCO-type option for a lot of guys. Because it's all about playing time, right? That's all it is. Usually. 
and a right. chance to win. And of course, William Carey has a rich tradition in that particular example, you know, of winning throughout the years. Right. Uh, schools like a Delta State, maybe they benefit from that too. You know, that if you want to, let's say you're unhappy where you are in uh, in a Division One baseball program, you want to play a high level of college baseball delta states a great option there the high school kids are definitely one first of all they lost out with the extra year the covid year all right so seniors that year who were looking to be recruited they got shut out because the juco guys and they got an extra year there was no room for them scholarship wise well now the transfer portal comes in the high school guys are going to get shut out again so it's it's tough and the number of minor league baseball teams is greatly reduced am i correct about half that? cut in half yeah so uh, it's a changing world there's no question so it's almost like you have to be so stellar out of high school to immediately make it onto a team and, and get your big playing time because otherwise you're just dropped off you're not going to be developed in college unless you are the it to start with where and that's where the junior colleges will reap the benefits uh-huh. of that that are d1 training and dbat there we go all right uh, that's it from the southern bank studio here in hattiesburg be safe this afternoon in central and south mississippi we'll be back tomorrow at one and until then southern miss to, to the, the top, top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.